Hey, my name is Stephen Tofield and I am a sports physical therapist and strength and conditioning coach. Over the last five years, I have helped athletes recover from all sorts of sporting injuries and push them to the top of their game. We don't dwell in the past. We actually look to the future and we do everything we can to succeed and beat the competition. Because we are competing against younger athletes with unlimited budgets, we have to do things differently. We have to do things smarter. We have to use science and proven research. Every session needs to be tactically planned. So how do we do that? How is that even possible? If you look at the stats of career and injuries, they tell you that what we are doing is impossible. Yes, it's happening every single day. It's happening through the art and the science of the Tier 1 Warrior. We are Tier 1 Warriors and this is our journey. Hello guys, Steve here from Functional Fitness Training Group. In this podcast, we'll be going over the three diet experiments that can change your eating habits and transform your body, even if they seem too easy. Now, in this um, in this podcast, we're going to go over simple strategies that can help you stop overeating for good. So, limiting belief one. If I had more willpower, I could stop eating so much junk food. Now, many of us could assume that willpower is something we're either born with or we're not. So when we find ourselves reaching for the second or third or even fourth chocolate chip cookie, we beat ourselves up for being weak. But portion control and healthful food choices are less about motivation and willpower and more about your environment. So give this experiment a try and you'll see what we mean. So the experiment, do a kitchen makeover. Use this, use this two-step process to clean out your fridge your pantry and your freezer and the other places that you stash your food. So in this process, you'll make some foods a lot harder to eat and other foods a lot harder, harder, uh, a lot easier to eat, sorry. So step one, make a list. Determine your red, yellow and green light foods. But keep in mind, we don't believe in, universe, in universally good or bad food. Everyone's red, yellow, green list will be different. So here's how to identify yours. So red, red light foods, um, in other words, no-go foods. These are foods that present such a difficult challenge for you that they are they, they just aren't worth struggling. So the red light foods may not work for you because they don't help you achieve your goals. You always overeat them. You're allergic to them. You can't easily digest them or you just don't like them. So ultra-processed foods often fall into this category as well. So yellow light foods, uh, and another word we, you know, another way we classify this is slow down foods. So maybe you can eat a little bit of these and stop, or you can eat them insanely at a restaurant with others, but not at home alone. And then we have the green light foods, which are the anytime foods. They're nutritious and make your body and mind feel good. Um, you can eat them normally, slowly, and in reasonably, um, in reasonable amounts. Whole foods usually make up most of this list. So, live with other people, and you want to try you want to try these different types of things out. Um, my suggestion to you is just to break it up with them and try and explain it, especially if you can with them, and try and get your kids out of board. Okay, step two: get cleansing. You'll probably you probably need a large garbage bag, uh, maybe a few, and compost bin if you have one. So, first, get rid of the red light foods. If you struggle with the idea of wasting food, consider donating them to um, donating unopened, non-perishable, uh, unexpired items to charity, and um, and compost what you what you can't donate. You know, we try to recycle as much as we can. 
And you remind yourself, overeating is no less wonderful than trashing the food. So giving your body um, doesn't actually need the calories. Plus you just might find um, that the kitchen purge actually saves you money over time because you, you'll stop buying certain foods. Next, deal with the yellow light foods. Um, you have a few options. You can remove them, you can keep them in a smaller, you can keep them in smaller quantities to prevent overeating, or put them somewhere hard to see and reach. Um, ideally on a shelf or in an open container, uh, for example. Um, lastly, stock up on the green light foods. Put these foods front and center. Uh, sorry, put these foods front and center and take steps to make them easy to grab and eat. So for example, maybe you, you make your own trail mix, uh, storing it at the front of the pantry where you, you're more likely to see it, or perhaps you peel a couple of oranges and keep them toward the front of the fridge uh, for easy snacking during your lazy moments. Or maybe uh, keep half a dozen hard boiled eggs on the ready. So uh, I know, don't overdo it when purchasing new green foods, especially produce, um, as they're likely uh, perishable. Unlike most of the red and yellow foods um, you're replacing, remember it's okay to start small uh, and build up there. So step three is to take notes. The next time you you get a craving for red or yellow food, notice what happens. Do you reach for something on your green light list uh, since that's what's right in front of you? Or do you drive to the store to get food you crave? Or do you decide to eat anything at all because it requires way too much effort. So the lesson here guys, your environment makes it harder to practice healthy eating habits. So understanding that your environment guides your decisions can facilitate better actions. So getting at, um, getting at it is some, you know, is something that we refer to as, uh, you know, the Pharisee's first law. Um, if a food in, if a food is in your house or possession, uh, Either you, uh, someone you love, or someone you marginally tolerate, um, will eventually eat it. There's also a corollary um, um, to this law. If a healthy food is in your house or possession, either you, someone, or your love, um, your loved one will, will tolerate it. Uh, you know, they're going to eventually eat it. This is why we rely on willpower or motivation, um, and these are fundamentally flawed plans. So no matter how much or how little willpower you actually have, um, you'll eventually default to the easiest food options, especially when you're tired or stressed or, or ravenous. Um, so by removing the red light foods, you make the choice to eat green foods so much easier uh, with almost no willpower at all. Okay, limiting belief two. I hardly eat anything and I, can, I still can't lose weight. So feeling this way can be incredibly frustrating and confusing, but sometimes it's e it even stops people from trying to get healthier altogether. But in every case, the principles of energy balance, um, energy balance applies, uh, which is massively important when we talk about nutrition. So when, when you eat more calories, um, i.e. energy, then you, then you expend, you gain, energy, you gain weight, and when you eat fewer calories, um, you know, if you eat fewer calories than you expend, uh, you lose weight, which sounds way simpler than it than it is. Um, so what gives? So what gives? So, so let's let's dig a bit dig a bit deeper to this one, guys. 
So the experiment for week one, track everything you eat. And um, all you have to do is write down uh, what you eat for every week. So you can say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've heard this all before. Uh, I've heard this advice all before, you know, maybe you know, hundreds of times. But have you really done it by, by actually writing it down versus keeping a mentally, uh, you know, mental tally uh, for every single snack of every day, you know, for, for the whole week? Um, if not, give it a try. It's actually a lot easier than it sounds. You can write, uh, you can write it down in a notebook. You can keep, you can use a record keeping app like uh, MyFitnessPal, or even just snap a photo um, of everything you eat. Uh, but make sure to include everything you eat and drink. Don't forget to record the cream, uh, the sugar, your you know your sugar in your coffee, the dressing in your salad, and the lone fry, um, you know lone fry or, or you know was it eight? Uh, you stole off your kid's plate. Um, I tend to do that quite a lot, but uh, you know. Uh, so a note on this one, unless you enjoy it, we're not recommending you track this way regularly. This is just a short-term experiment. So we're only using this as a short-term thing, guys. So treat these notes um, as if you were a scientist. This isn't about judging your food choices. It's merely about noticing them. Uh, be kind, curious, and compassionate with yourself. Uh, but for the most accurate snapshot of your eating habits, try to do this um, during a typical week uh, without any big event and don't change how you normally eat uh, just because you're keeping track um, at the end of the week take a look at your log um, is it in line with um, how much you thought you were eating so the lesson with this one is it's easy and incredibly common to underestimate how much you eat so research shows that on average people underestimate their food intake by around uh, 47% uh, for all sorts of un understandable reasons. Uh, first, uh, mindless nibbles can be even less memorable than the storage location, um, you know, of your car keys sometimes. Uh, second, though humans are great at, um, at a lot of things, estimating portion sizes just isn't one of them. Uh, we don't always recognize how calorific um, certain foods are, uh, you know, like peanut butter or, you know, you know bits of bread. And sometimes we deceive ourselves, you know, like I had like five or chip, uh, five or six chips, not three quarters of the bag, right? Point is, this is a real thing and it happens a lot, um, you know, a lot with people, even dietitians. So that's why many people need nutrition guide rails, you know, calorie, uh, calorie, account, uh, calorie counts, macros um, or hand portions uh, to guide what and how much they eat and at least, um, for a little while so we use hand portions to help uh, you know help our clients make better uh, food portion judgments uh, we've seen some incredible transformations just using these um, if you haven't already um, check that check that out um, check out our podcast on that uh, you know go ahead and plug in your goals and personal info and um, you know I want to see I want to see um, sort of how many of you have other transformations on that one so guys last one is the uh, the limiting belief number three, I seriously can't handle being hungry. Now, hunger is a lot of things. Uh, it's annoying, it's uncomfortable, it's distracting. Uh, one thing it's not is, um, you know, it's not such a big deal that you should do everything in your power to avoid ever experiencing it. So, problem is hunger feels like a big deal. And um, some of our clients have even told us that hunger feels like an emergency. They worry that if they don't eat right, their hunger will continue to get worse and you know and worse and worse until they die or wish or you know or wish they could 
So, for these reasons, many people eat as soon as they feel even the slightest pain, uh, you know, physically or mentally. That often means they consume more than really needed, which leads to, you know, leads to weight gain or stalls in fat loss. Uh, they also reach for whatever they find first, uh, you know, which we discovered in the first, you know, first experience, uh, first experiment, sorry. But what happens when you don't immediately meet hunger food? So let's find this out. So the experiment, I want you to, I want you all to try fasting for one day. Uh, we know it sounds scary. Nothing, nothing bad will happen. Uh, you know, we promise nothing bad will happen. We include this in, in we include the experiment lovingly, um, you know, and it's uh, scientifically called, uh, you know, the fasting day. In our year-long coaching program, um, you know, over the years, our coaching clients have told us this day is one of the most impactful experiences of, of our entire program. So here's how it works. You can consume no calories for 24 hours. You know, no, zero, nada, none. Enjoy calorie-free drinks, such as water, flavored water, unsweetened tea, or plain coffee. But other than that, avoid all food and caloric beverages. So obviously this isn't something we recommend long-term. It's just one day. And it just might be the most challenging and insightful day you've had in a long time. So a couple of important uh, points here. You can do this on a schedule that works for you. For example, you could fast from dinner to dinner or, you could, or lunch to lunch. Um, if 24 hours feels like too much, consider just skipping a meal or two instead. Uh, this isn't about getting it perfect. It, uh, you know, also, it might go without saying, but you probably shouldn't try this experiment on a day when you need uh, to be 100% on your game, such as when you're flying a, uh, you know, flying a plane or doing uh, open heart surgery, and something on the lines of that. Um, Fasting, uh, fasting isn't right for everyone, so do not fast if you have a medical condition that requires you to eat. Uh, you know you struggle with dis um, disordered eating and have um, you know have been told never to fast. Um, and know that periods of food restriction, um, even if done carefully and consciously, can lead to uh, binging later on. So the lesson here, guys: hunger isn't an emergency. It's natural to worry that hunger will keep getting worse and worse, uh, making us feel lousy and preventing us from getting anything useful done. But hunger doesn't work like that, guys. So hunger hormones are released in waves based on when our bodies are expecting food. So as you probably experienced while doing this experiment, hunger is strongest around three to four, you know, three to the four hour mark um, of a fast, then it, then it does subside. So, it's an incredible feeling and often a great relief to learn that you can feel hungry, you know, truly hungry, and choose not to do anything about it. About it. So there are several benefits here. So benefit number one, if if the available food choices don't make sense for you, um, you know you can't wait until something better is available. So no, you know, no binges. Benefit number two, you learn what true hunger feels like. This awareness can help you distinguish psychological hunger. Um, I feel like eating something, you know, every day from, you know, physiological hunger, or my body is telling me it's time to eat. Benefit number three is if it's not time to eat, waiting until the next meal or snack won't feel like a problem. So this is not only convenient if hunger strikes somewhere, uh, you know, somewhere food isn't accessible, such as on your commute, uh, but can also be extremely helpful if you're trying to lose fat. So guys, I want you to keep experimenting. 
uh, keep growing, you can probably see why we're such big fans of self-experimentation. Um, it's quite literally a win-win. You either you either get a uh, reaffirming boost of confidence and confirmation that you're already on the right track, or you'll get valuable information about how you can change things for the better. So by simple paying attention to how experiments make you feel, you empower and energize yourself to make better, more informed choices. And remember, self-experimentation isn't about getting it perfect, it's about finding out what works for you and then putting it into practice one small step at a time, guys. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. You know, we've gone to a lot of trouble trying to get the information to you. Um, I would love to invite you to our free seven-day uh, weight loss challenge. Uh, you can you can sign up for that. Uh, you're going to walk away at the end of day seven with a fully functioning uh, weightless plan for you. You know exactly what was going on and have all the knowledge that you need. Uh, you can do that by clicking the link below this podcast and um, signing up. Uh, we run these quite regularly, um, and it'll be wonderful to see as many as we, you know as many people as we can on this. Guys, it's been a pleasure. I'm Stephen from the Functional Fitness Training Group, and uh, I'll see you on the next podcast. Bye bye.